The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at HeftyRenew.com. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at HeftyRenew.com. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at HeftyRenew.com. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Altstead, sitting down with Keith Myers. Keith, look at our new studio. I know. It looks fantastic. Um, kind of wondering, I'm like, is this really us? But yeah, it is. And uh, as we make our um, our first episode, our first show in the new format where we're doing, uh, rather than one big show, we're going to have do three shorter shows. And we're gonna see how this goes. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna ask for patience straight yep. up front. It's like we're gonna we're gonna try this. We're gonna get used to it for a little while. And um, I will say that we are partnering with a national podcast network called the Pigskin Podcast Network, and that officially begins on September first. But we're getting started early so that we can kind of get used to all of this and um, make sure we're doing it the right way before we make it official, quote unquote. So. Let's just get right into it since we've only got a half hour to do this show. This show is going to be primarily a game review of the second preseason game. Uh, tomorrow, we will have another show out um, that's what we learned uh, this week in Seahawks football. And then at the end of the week, we are going to be putting out a third show, which will preview our last preseason game uh, against the um, Chargers. And we'll see how this all goes this week and hopefully it's uh, without a hitch and um, without further ado, let's get right into it. So Gino Atkins visited the Seahawks, Keith, um, eight time pro bowler coming in little long in the tooth at this point in his career, 33 years old. I would assume still has a little bit left in the tank. Last year was kind of a down year for him. Only played in eight games, got injured, 
had some surgery, fully recovered at this point and cleared. Uh, they brought him in to beef up that defensive line, which I thought was, you know, pretty decent. One of the strong points uh, in the off season. And then in camp, it just kind of, you know, it gets a little wishy-washy. They want to make some adjustments and so forth. Gino Atkins comes in, leaves without a contract, but apparently there's some mutual interest. What do you think of that? Well, I mean, this is a guy who was fantastic um, earlier in his career. And yeah, he's a little older and he's had some injuries, but uh, I mean, he's one of the best defensive tackles in the game. And a three tech guy. Yeah. Um, and that what it what that really shows you is what the team looks at and sees. They see that they've got um, a, a nose tackle they really like. They've got um, a couple of other guys that are run stuffers, uh, but they don't have that dominant three tech. And they're gonna go find it. I mean, if Robert Kimdiche has turned out to be that guy, I don't know if they make this move. Um, he, what is what he's shown us in the first two preseason games? makes us think okay we can we can count has he even has he even lined up i don't know i don't Uh, think that he has i I I think he's been a little nicked up but but yeah so they're nonetheless they're looking at options and uh they know they need another defensive tackle if if kandiche comes back and is, is healthy and is that guy great but if not um you know you could do far worse than a guy like uh atkins uh there in the middle of your your defense yeah it'd be a good partner with uh Carlos Dunlap, they did it before. Mm-hmm. It looked good in Seahawk Blue. So a few other um, things going on uh, this week with Ethan Posick, Travis Homer, Tyler Mabry, and Geno Smith all returning to practice. Um, all of them had various um, maladies um, that prevented them from uh, being available in the last couple of weeks. And um, it'd be good to get Ethan Posick back um, this far in advance. Um, from the season start just so they know or, or can can see if he's going to be available um, when the season starts and maybe they feel okay about the players that are behind him there. I don't know. Um, Travis Homer's walking into a hornet's nest with DJ Dallas performing the way that he's been performing. And Tyler Mabry, um, a little quick, a little, uh, I should say, uh, slow, uh, to, to get back on the team when the, when the team just went out and signed uh, an old-time favorite techno music uh, dude <laughs> with long hair to the, back to the roster and Luke Wilson, I think for his like 10th time back with the team. No, probably third time though, right, Keith? At least, yeah. <laughs> um, I think technically we'd count fourth because he was there and then he didn't have a contract, but then he got one again. So there was that gap, but whatever. Um, yeah, he's, he keeps coming back and he's not a guy that's special in any way, but he is steady and works hard and is a leader and, um, guys respond to him. So, uh, I like that. It's, it was a little weird to me because you have the top three guys at the position that have all performed well in camp. It's not like they're looking at tight end and going, wow, we need some, we need some bodies. We need some help. Um, and then they're getting, you know, the, the young promising kid that they like and or will probably try and stash in the practice squad back from injury. So why do you need a vet tight end at this point? I'm well, um, probably sure. Parkinson does have the little foot thing. They don't know exactly when he's going to be back. Um, obviously Luke Wilson is not that guy. 
he's mm-hmm. busy an inline blocker. He's not going to really give you anything else right now. Um, but yeah, solid contributor, uh, special teams guy. Come in and play some special teams for you. Um, and then uh, the team released Alex Changum, defensive end linebacker, Dom Wood Anderson, which is an obvious choice given the fact uh, that, that it was a dismal couple of outings for him. And then Pierre Desir, um, an old favorite of Keith's, yep. um, is no longer on the roster. And in which, place of Pierre Desir, the team went out today and actually traded a future 2023 um, <laughs> seventh-round pick, conditional seventh-round pick, for cornerback, slot cornerback, John Reed from the Texans, originally a fourth-round pick in 2020. John Reed is about 5'10 and a quarter, about 190 pounds. He's going to play in the slot. That's the kind of player he is. I've got a, a couple of quick notes, and I'll just kind of let you run with this a little bit. Um, 44940, this is all coming you know, from his combine numbers. 37-inch vertical, uh, 3.97 short shuttle, which is elite at that position. He also did 20 reps on the bench, which is also elite for that size in that position. Um, 10-9 broad jump shows that he's got some burst and agility in those legs. Um, he's literally, if you look at him, um, physical comparisons, he's a clone of Justin Coleman. So what do you think? What, what, why uh, do you go out and do this deal, Keith? You know, um, I don't know. I, I mean, what we saw from Pierre Desir in training camp is this is a guy that um, he wasn't going to make the team. I mean, uh, I love the guy. He was fantastic when when he was here um, earlier in his career, went and got big money from Indy by um, performing well there. But then he's kind of fallen off, and he just never lived up to what he looked like um, when he was in Seattle before. Um, and so, okay, I I get moving on from him. They traded away nothing. I mean, a conditional seventh round pick in two years. In two years. Um, I figured out what happened with that. So what happened is about 17 hours ago, 20 hours ago yesterday, Houston released um, John Reed. And I think Seattle came in without having to go through waivers, decided to have Houston before that transaction became official. On, on their end, came in and offered the deal just so they could get him before he, he went on waivers. That's all I got. Does that make any sense at all, Keith? Oh, it absolutely does. Um, okay. And so, yeah, basically, anyways, I was just saying, like, he, he's a guy that, um, you know, they, they gave up nothing for. If he makes the team, then they give up a seventh-round draft pick in two years. If he doesn't, then they give up nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really not much, you know, to, they, they, it was as little as you could possibly get in order to get a guy on the roster. And clearly there's just, there's something that they're not seeing in the position. I know that, um, uh, DJ Reed's been, you know, nicked up a little bit and, you know, dealing with some of that. And so maybe it was just a matter of just wanting another body. Um, what does that maybe- tell you about the existing slot guys we've got Amadi and Blair? I don't think it tells us anything about them. Does it say possibly that they might be considering shifting Blair to the outside at all? Or they might be considering shifting Amadi to the outside. I will say that I, I I haven't seen a lot from Trey Brown that makes me think he's ready for playing time. 
when really? the season starts. I, yeah. I've heard nothing but good things about him, although it wouldn't surprise me if he's not completely ready to start a game uh, in week one, but I haven't heard a lot of bad things about him. I have. I mean, I think people want him to be good because he was a draft pick and everyone's kind of looking at him, but what I saw when I was at camp was nothing uh, really. I mean, he, he, he played, he was out there, but um, wasn't particularly sticky in coverage, gave up some, some plays, but you could tell he was just all trying to figure out where he was supposed to line up and what his job was uh, on each play. Um, and so I think maybe it's just a matter of that. They're just like, okay, um, we don't, if somebody gets hurt, we don't want to have to throw this kid out there week one or week two um, before he's ready. I mean, think about what happened to Blair last year where he tore his knee mm-hmm. um, right away at the beginning of the season. And in this case, if that happened again, now we're like, oh, guess what? Um, kid, you're you're now having playing time. And he's like, man, great. I hope I remember <laughs> the playbook. Um, and so you don't want that. So the, you you go and get a guy that's that's got three or four years experience and and maybe you play him for a couple of games and then cut him because then by then Brown's ready and you still give up nothing for the that time. So all right. So let's jump into the game really quick and um let's start with a couple of injuries right up front. Um, mm-hmm. Ben Burkirvan hurt on the first play of the game on kickoff coverage, hyperextended that knee out for the year with an ACL. That's not good news for our depth, although he wasn't likely to see the field much starting. He did have a couple of good, you know, a good performance, um, the game prior, but I'm not sure what to think about that. He definitely has a, a special teams impact there. John Ursua also torn ACL torn ACL which is a real bummer he had three catches in that game it looked good a little over 30 yards mm-hmm. fighting for that spot that fifth or sixth spot on the roster it sounded like he was having a pretty decent um he was camp. having a, he was having a good camp and a good, um, a good week and a good game yep. prep week and it, and a good game and it's it's just too bad and then yeah. um you know tight end Dom Wood Anderson had an abysmal game like five <laughs> penalties he had three mm-hmm. drops the, the week prior and so forth. So the team didn't waste any time in releasing him. They obviously made a corresponding move to get Luke Wilson back on the roster. Um, what did you see? So you've uh, taken a little bit more time than I did to kind of review that game. I just couldn't stomach it, to be completely honest. I got like a vibe about the game as I was watching it and texting and playing like, you know, Angry Birds on my phone. You know, and watching the game out of the corner of my eye, just being completely disgusted. I almost had a bucket next to me in case I needed to throw up. I mean, it's just kind of one of those deals where, yeah, you know, the team held out 33 players in the first game. They held out 27 players in the second game, but the execution was so bad. It makes you wonder about the coaching and putting players in position to be successful and where we are with depth and all that kind of stuff um it just really does kind of leave a bad taste in your mouth no i'm not i'm really not concerned at all i mean you've got your third string quarterback starting uh because your backup's out with a concussion and they're not going to play their starter in the preseason uh and so it was a situation where you know um alex magoo was overmatched he was out there against um he certainly won. You know, the, the Broncos played more of their starters. They uh, they brought in a, a larger roster. And Magoo just looked clueless at times. Uh, he made some plays. Uh, and I think we, sh- we should give him credit for that. But that first interception on the first drive, like, Oof. 
He was it thrown was, to a ghost. Well, he had, they had a guy there, but you could the guy that intercepted it between him and mm-hmm. and his receiver was literally just there. It's not like he snuck in or anything. He was like, you threw it to a guy in the white shirt. Um, and, you know, the team obviously saw what they needed to see because they cut him. Um, he got the start. This was his opportunity. Like, hey, Smith is out with an injury. You come in, you show, and you show you belong, and you'll have a chance, you know. Yeah. And instead, he showed it's he doesn't It's one of those belong. performances that ruins your opportunity to land with any other team. I mean, it's yeah. just one of those deals where it's like, well, yep. CFL is your option, dude, or you're going to be out of, out of football. Yeah. Um, so, the other thing is that I, that as far as like you, you're going, oh, execution's bad. Um, Magoo well, is it, getting he was getting like ten reps a day. Yeah. Well, um, here's the, the here's the frustrating part, and and just for me, this is just me. The frustrating part is not employing a level of quarterback on your team that can execute the offense well enough to sustain drives to allow the team the opportunity to see the entire roster that you want to see yep. um, and, and who's playing well, who's not, you're just not getting those reps. There's no rhythm. So that's the frustration part for me is it's hard to evaluate the rest every, of the ex- roster. Exactly. And that's, that's the deal. Yeah. And uh, no, and I totally buy, um, you know, that, and I, and you're absolutely right. Um, I do think that um, in the second half they had the quarterback play was a little better. Um, they were able to sustain some drives. Now they didn't, they, you know, they only scored the three points, but um, they had two ones that were turned over on downs. They didn't have the two interceptions and the really dumb fumble by your quarterback killing drives. Um, so they were able to get some evaluation. It wasn't like it was a completely lost opportunity. Um, but, you know, there was, there was still a lot to learn, not a lot. There were still some things to like about the offensive performance in that game. Uh, I liked what I saw from the running game. I liked you saw a lot more crossing routes and stuff than you'd ever mm-hmm. seen in Seattle um, during the Pete Carroll era. And so you could kind of get a feel for what the offense is going to look like when they have someone at the helm who's competent enough to execute it. And honestly, um, Stone Forsyth didn't look terrible. Yeah. And as as a guy that, you know, is a sixth round draft pick coming in, and yeah, we know he's got left tacker, tackle of the future talent if he can ever put it together. But, you know, if he's not looking terrible, then maybe he's starting to put some of it together. And that's a fantastic sign. You know, the other bright side uh, on the other side of the line is pro football focus rated um, Jake Curran at right tackle, the best overall offensive grade on the entire team, not just the offensive line at 85.0. And um, I did watch him a little bit and they may have something here. He's going to bump somebody. They're not going to let this guy go. He's going to bump somebody off that roster. He's an undrafted guy. That's going to make this roster. And mm-hmm. I don't, I, I think a guy like Tommy champions out. I think a guy like yep. Simmons is a guard, but it's, it's going to put DeMarco Jones on the, on the bubble is basically yeah, what it's going to do. It is. And and that is a, that should be a concern if you're um, Jamarco Jones because you haven't stayed healthy. You didn't play that well at, at tackle um, given the opportunity, and now you've got this kid that looks good. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Tommy, Jam- Tommy Champion appears to be out of a job. Um, that, I think, is clear. And it was just like, you know, we, we heard in the offseason, like, hey, the Seahawks really like this kid. 
they think they're, they've got something that they can develop there at right tackle. Now he's gone. Um, or he's not, but he could be. But the same thing happened on the defensive line where, where we, were, we were being told about Lattimore every mm. you know, chance we got that he was going to be you know in the mix at defensive tackle and all that. Now he's got He's gone. Yeah. So, right. I forgot to mention him up front, but yeah, you're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. It's a, it's interesting. I mean, um, you did, you did see a, a few good things. I mean, Jordan Brooks was out there a lot. He was one of the guys that's going to play a lot in the regular yeah, season, obviously. And he was out there quite a bit and you could just, just see that he's going to be a player this yeah. year. And, um, a guy like Jared Hewitt, an undrafted defensive tackle kind of had a, a good game. I think it, it meant a lot more, uh, was expendable. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's what that told me. Now, whether Jarrett uh, Hewitt makes the the roster, I don't know, but he's certainly a, uh, a candidate for the practice squad. Yeah, and so I was most of the time with the offense. The, the defense, I thought, actually, despite the score of giving up thirty points, mm-hmm. the defense played pretty well. Um, yeah, the offense didn't help the defense at all. No, not in, in any the, way off the field. Yeah. Um, but the you saw some really good stuff in terms of stopping the run. And, you know, Denver had had a hard time getting their running game going. Um, There was that one play down at the goal line. I swear the Seahawks stopped him um, at, you know, about the one, but they gave him the the touchdown. And I'm like, yeah, they were averaging less than uh, almost two and a half yards a carry. Yeah. uh, As as far as their rushing game was concerned. So I thought we did a really good job with that. Yeah, I I was, um, you know, pretty pleased with that. The, The pass rush got pressure at times. Um, you know, only the, the, I guess they had two sacks, um, Rasheem green showed up for the second straight week and, yeah. and played pretty well, which throws a, a monkey wrench in your, and my theory that mm-hmm. he may not make the roster because he keeps showing up well, on, I mean, in, that, on game day. Yeah. That was certainly a, a theory going into camp. Now, mm-hmm. obviously a player has a chance to, to change minds, change opinions. And he has, I mean, he's come in and really taken the job seriously and done a great job. He's been available. He hasn't been nicked up. He's done a great job overall. I I'm, I have to say, you got to give credit where credit is due. Um, does he still make the roster? Is he trade bait? All that kind of stuff. Maybe, maybe he could be, um, depending on on how happy they are with other players um, that are doing the same thing. I haven't heard too much from um, LJ Collier, and he might be one of those players that's standing on the sideline for the most part, um, allowing some of those younger guys to play. Um, but I'm really looking forward to the, to the next game, and we'll get into that in a few a few shows um, of how that's all going to turn out. But um, in in this game, it was really nice to see a few guys step up like that. Um, I would say that Trey Flowers had a fairly decent coverage game in this in this game. Um, Akella Witherspoon, yeah it's really hard to evaluate. You know, it really is. He's not getting a tremendous amount of reps, but the reps he's, he is getting out there. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's hard. I think Alton mm-hmm. Robinson looked good in this game. Again, Alton Robinson looked good in this um, game. Daryl Taylor, that whole thing at strong side linebacker is, is somewhat confusing given the fact that KJ Wright's still sitting there for a little over a veteran minimum contract that could really solidify your ability on the defense to put your players in the best position to be successful. And I think that position for Daryl Taylor is up closer to the line of scrimmage. So yeah. I mean, well, the thing is like in the first preseason game, and when you look at, at what 
the reps he gets in practice and everything, they're playing him at defensive end way more than they're playing him at Sam linebacker. I think this is a team that wants to be in, in the nickel all the time. And so he's going to get a few reps a game at strong side linebacker. Um, That's a great when point. you, when you know the other team's running, um, but he's going to be rushing the passer um, as a defensive end for most of the game. So what did you think about the little injury that, um, that Ryan Neal had? I, I think it's some sort of pectoral thing and I don't know how long he's out. I don't know if it extends into the season or not. Yeah. Um, I haven't that heard could be a big, a big blow to the depth of this defense. Yeah. Cause Ryan Neal's one of those guys that's super versatile. He can play, uh, strong safety. He can play free safety. He can uh, go out and play cornerback. Um, and so his ability to move all over uh, that defensive backfield opens them up to um, really unleash Adams and Blair and let them do all the crazy weird things that they're capable of doing because you've got a guy that can do whatever he's not doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and losing Ryan Neal actually it really does make things harder on him because now you've got one less of those guys that can be that, you know, jack of all trades on the, on the back of the, the defense that you really kind of have to contain what you're going to do with a guy like Blair or a guy like Adams more because you don't have that versatility behind you. So one player I just wanted to highlight as part of this show um, and, and this game is DJ Dallas. I just oh, think yeah. that DJ is really kind of setting himself apart on the roster this year on the offensive side of the ball. And it's a great thing to see. Oh, he looks so quick and so fast. Him returning kicks has been a lot of fun. I mean, he's just explosive and he's doing a great job uh, catching the ball out of the backfield and, and, and blitz pick up uh, that. I think the third down back is his, uh, that job. Sorry, Travis Homer, but you've been hurt and you weren't that good before you got hurt. Um, and I, I think Dallas has kind of won that. It's interesting that he didn't get a single carry in this game. Um, and I would have loved to see him get more carries. Just yeah, because, I know. And that's the frustration, I think, with not being able to execute the offense. You're mm-hmm. just not getting enough um, downs for yeah. your offense to be able to to come in and, in certain situations and run the ball. It's just, it's just been a little discombobulated. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, he was able to, um, he was able to make a positive impact on the game without getting carry. Um, but the other which stuff is, that he which can is do. awesome because that's yeah. going to be the reality in the regular season. I mean, yeah. Because really? it's, it's now, going to be the Chris Carson with, show. Yeah, what's going on with, with Penny? Um, why is he not getting like 15 carries a game in, in the preseason? I don't know. Um, he started and he got some carries. He was in there and then he wasn't. He, he, there's, he's not on the injury report. We have to assume that he was out there to get a few reps and then they pulled him. Um, that, and that was the plan going in. He just They were going to get him a series or two and sit him down. Um, I don't really, I don't know. Um, I would love to see him get more time because he's a guy that needs to get going and get in a rhythm. And, and you would think just after get, having nearly two years off. Yeah. And if he's going to be the primary backup, if he's going to be the guy that comes in and gets um, eight to 10 carries a game and, and when, or if Carson gets hurt and has to miss a game you know, you're going to lean on him to be the guy. I would, would rather have him ready. Like he needs to get out there and, and, and show us some things. And the team just doesn't seem particularly interested in getting him those carries. 
Why but did you finish? Go ahead. I would say it might be because they wanted to evaluate guys like um, Josh Johnson and Alex Collins and figure out what the depth, the rest of their depth are. Because if 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 Penny's going to make the roster no matter what, yeah, you're getting him some playing time to help him prep for week one, but you're not looking at him to see where he's at. You know, he's going to make the team. Let's let's use these games to figure out who we should keep out of those other guys. So why don't you finish this thing by kind of tying the first two preseason games together and telling us kind of where we're at and what we should want to expect in that third game to get us ready to feel better about entering the regular season where expectations are seriously high with this roster. Yeah. I think that um, you look at where and you say, you know, where we're at and you go, the depth, especially on offense is not what we thought it was. Um, they just have not been able to execute without especially uh, quarterback. Let's just well, be real. Yeah. Quarterback's the big one, but Geno Smith should have been able to execute the offense better uh, in the first week and, and didn't. And so that that's disappointing. And, you know, there's just maybe there's just not the talent at wide receiver behind the top two guys. Um, and granted Eskridge hasn't been playing either. So they're really the top three guys. Um, but arguably the best receiver in the first two games, as far as production and, and just being open and, and looking like, a, uh, a guy that could do something would be John Urso. And he just tore his knee up and he's now gone. Yeah. So he looked like he would be in the run for, you know, maybe some touches on punt returns, maybe a guy that you could count on being a fifth or sixth guy that could come in and give a guy like uh, Dwayne Eskridge a breather once in a while in that yeah. slot role. And now that's going to go to somebody else. So mm-hmm. what do you think about Eskridge? Um, I understand he's practicing. He's getting in shape. Do we see him in the third game? I hope so. They, they need, he needs to get out there and get some, even if it's just a, a series or two, he the guy's got to get some reps. He's got to get used to getting hit um, at game speed and that kind of stuff before week one, because you want him ready to go and you want him able to make a contribution right away because he brings such a explosive um unique talent set of you know get him the ball um swing it to him after he goes in motion and let him run he's get him the ball in space and let him go um and it's just a a, a situation where they need more guys like that and mm-hmm. so him missing time was really unfortunate but i think you know, if they can get him up to speed and ready to go for week one, that'll be great for him. Yeah. I think guys like Kay Johnson too, who had a few touches in this last game, really mm-hmm. have an opportunity in this third game to kind of show what they've got. I really do believe that they're probably going to hold out for the most part, guys like Lockett and Metcalf and so forth. They might get a series, maybe, maybe not. Um, but guys like Kay Johnson, Aaron Fuller, some of the other guys, Thompson, uh, right on that bubble that really need to kind of come in now that Ursa was out of the picture, um, have a real opportunity to kind of show what they've got and see if Seattle's satisfied with the, with the back end of the roster there or not. So, yeah, I mean, um, I, I kind of hope that we see the starters and I know that you're like, ah, oh, maybe, you know, you got to use this to back into the roster. We've had two games to evaluate the back end of no, the I, roster. I agree. You I just got to you know, get, get nervous now. <laughs> you've got to get <laughs> you know Metcalf I mean? and Wilson and Lockett and, you know, the starting offensive line, you've got to get them some snaps at game speed. It doesn't yeah, have it'd to be, be nice to have them have four or five series to be completely honest. Let's let them play the first half and then pull them. Yeah. I don't think they need to play that much, but I would oh, want them good. to play, play the, play the first, <laughs> if, they, if they play 
two series or the first quarter or whatever it ends up being, um, I'd be happy. I just, it's so hard to evaluate where this team is when you don't play your best players. All right. So we finished up the first episode. Keith, I thought we did pretty, pretty darn good for our first outing. We, we were a little over. But Our first attempt much. at 30 minutes. And <laughs> the truth is we would have been at 30 minutes, but we lost about a minute and a half when my um, headphones and stuff decided to yeah. go no, weird. Unfortunately, I'll try to, I'll try to splice that on the video. Uh, I should be able to take care of that on the audio part of the, uh, the show, but we'll, we'll see how that goes too. So uh, you're going to find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. We could probably put a new, um, new scroll at the bottom. Yeah, there you go. There we go. <laughs> Uh, you can follow myself uh, at uh, NWC Hawk on Twitter. He's at Myers NFL. The show is at Hawk Playbook. SeahawksPlaybook.com has all the shows. Find us on YouTube. Find us on your favorite podcast app. And until next time, go, go Hawks. Hawks. Seahawks Playbook podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWC Hawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Podcast Network.